Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Corey LaJoy. He's here. Corey LaJoy is here. Ah! <laughs> Corey's here. Corey. <laughs> you good? I, I haven't been picked up and carried around in my life ever. I deemed Daniel Hemrick as the most sexiest man in NASCAR. But Danny, this dude looks good. But you gotta pick one, you can't have them both. Whew, let me see your abs. <laughs> yeah, it's the food package, your teeth looks amazing. I love the beard. I love the swagger. It's hairy. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's a man. That's a man. <laughs> I asked all of y'all, I said, who is, give me the yeah, top five good looking guys. Yep. Don't blow smoke up my ass. Bro, that, that's your brand. That's your brand. What? Well, no, because the, if you the, think the about flow it, is the brand right now. The flow now. is yeah. the brand, but the no. flow can go into the sexy. The is the brand. The, but that's what I'm saying. It can go into sexy. Corey, when you think about you NASCAR, you don't think about sexy. Brand. Why are you not going to say that? Does he know it? You Look at the blue eyes. Look car. at the blue eyes. Bro, I didn't know. Look at the teeth. Look at the teeth. I spent a lot of money on these teeth. Right, and it like it complements your lips. I love your lips. Thanks, man. I love the blue eyes. How about the beard? Yeah, saying? I love the beard. Everything else? Because, like, the, the lips, lips, the blue... <laughs> bro, like, you wouldn't man, kiss him? I, listen, you I can tell a man looks good. My you man Corey's a good-looking dude. I don't love his lips, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you feeling uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> Like his lips. Bro, look at his lips. It's the chapstick she put on the makeup. Like, 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 but they lips. Like, like, he know. <laughs> like you Jason Momoa, yeah. man. You married. I got Jason Momoa the other day. You got was, Yeah, because the one time I put my hair in a ponytail, I went to dinner. That waiter was like, you look like Aquaman. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a good one. Yeah. I, mean, I think Jason got you by about 100 pounds. Yeah, he do. A muscle, bro. <laughs> Jason Momoa was a man. Yeah, man. I, yeah, right, I have to right. say that. I've told, I said on the show, I would raise a child with Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> we could adopt a baby and me and him could be something. Hey, <laughs> we talk about his lips. Like, He's got nice lips, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming about that teeth. Sexy boy! <laughs> but why are we going with us men? We can't tell another man he's sexy? No, you can. No, that's the not the problem. Thing. The you lips. You said I like right, your lips. The lips and then you got what? your chest. That's over the edge. Put it on that's his over lips. the edge. That's too much. The lips is over the edge, You just got carried away. Now you want to chapstick his lips like that's over the edge. Okay. I want to figure out who the top five sexiest or hottest drivers are. I, I feel don't know like if NASCAR be, has ever done that. I feel like that. Give me your top five. Oh, Rock, you got you to gotta input a little bit on top five Ooh. sexiest NASCAR drivers Jeff of all time. No, 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 no time yeah. out. He lose all credibility because I he didn't, didn't name you. you. Oh. So, well, like, I, I don't want to hear about his top five. Why are you snitching? Five. Why are you dry snitching? <laughs> why wouldn't you say him? Well, why, why does he got to know I didn't say him? Because oh, he just told I'm me. I'm call you out. Mm. I was probably six on his list, though. No, he didn't name you at all. Um, and, and Some you, things don't you, need to be said. I Some things we are cool. given. Oh, I like that. So give us your top five. Jeff Gordon's <laughs> on that list. No, current. Okay. 
Okay. This is Current. new, bro. 2022. Man, I'll tell new. You the, the, new. The bar for driver appearance is fairly low. <laughs> I'll be honest. Okay. We are a bunch of nerdy, white, Caucasian, <laughs> just scrawny guys. Right, right. There ain't a whole lot going on right. for it. <laughs> now, if I can be in the, like, the bottom half of the top five, I'm good with that. Blaney's a good-looking guy. He's got okay. the beard going. His name came He's up. multifaceted. Sometimes he can go with the long hair, no, like clean-shaven. Sometimes he can go full woolly mammoth beard. Mm -hmm. I respect the versatility. <laughs> He's probably close to the top of the list right now. Facts. Right. Uh, Come on. I don't like look around when I'm walking through the garage. I'm not scoping out like, yeah, he's definitely number three. Like, <laughs> so like you're kind of putting me on the spot. Right. I'm like, Come on, but you know, Cole Custer. Cole Custer wouldn't make my top five. Damn. You know. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Honorable mention. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> honorable mention. But the boys, man, I know you tight with Bubba. I know you tight with Joey Logano. They don't make. They not on there. Slice Joey's bread. not in the top five. <laughs> Slice bread. <laughs> That smile is the best thing since sliced bread. That's his nickname, sliced no, bread. No, he's Next Gen Joe now. Ooh. Why? I'm trying to change his nickname for him. He's, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, he's like a caterpillar going into, what do they call it? Not hibernation. But like cocoon. He's about to come out of his cocoon with mm. Next Gen. We're trying to drop the Y, new branding, right? He's going to shave his head. Go ahead and own it. Next I Gen Joe. You, th you like that? I love it. I love yeah. it. Let me go with I, it. I mean, think about how many T-shirts he can sell. Next Gen Joe. There you go. He ain't going to do it. Tell all listeners. There you go. I mean, I'm Next trying to get Joe. I'm trying to get Twitter polls going the whole deal. Right. I only <laughs> I like need it. I only need a 10% cut off every t-shirt. That's all I'm at. That's a lot. 10? That's a lot. Agents get three. I mean the Four? margins on right, the t-shirt is not high. <laughs> if we're throwing a $39 t-shirt, it's not high on the margins. I'm trying to find out where you got that Woodbiller t-shirt from. Can't tell you, baby. I like that shirt. <laughs> I'll tell you when we get to the Coliseum. If you had to go buy one NASCAR t-shirt, if you like went to the trailer, where you like what are you buying? Mm. Honestly, the only one I wear now is Bubba. You want me, me to give you one to see you wear one of mine? Like if Bubba's dirty, <laughs> you can like pull mine out. Right. I got I mean, not, honestly, not balls. Right, right, right. <laughs> honestly, on the show, I don't know if you saw Bubba episode. Yeah. On the show, that's what Bubba was like, hey, I'm gonna send send y'all shirts. And Bubba sent us all shirts, and I'm gonna rep it. And people run up in Miami. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Bubba, man, I mess with Bubba 2-3. I'm like, Dude. yeah, 2-3, and I wear Bubba's it all around. Bubba's well-known. A lot, y'all probably don't know, I, I drove Bubba to high school for three years. No, wow. We grew up two miles apart from each other. Yeah, went to the same Alabama. high school. Alabama. Mm. No, he moved up here when he was probably 10 or 12, so mm -hmm. we went to the same high school. He lived, uh, you know, if that's the high school, I live there, he lived there, so every morning, drive over there, pick him up, drive to school, drop him off. Three years, every day. You know he how much that car? sucker gave me gas wow. money? So. 20 bucks. <laughs> for three years. Oh, really? I'm talking now to you, Bubba. Now understands, He's okay. giving out t-shirts for, like, their water. I see. We I'm just 20%. trying to get gas money. Hey, we just oh, need now, hang on. I did wreck him at Phoenix, so we're oh, even. Oh, I was just about to ask. You ain't going to go. I don't know if I want to be your friend, because <laughs> you and Bubba that tight. And you rap? Why did you rap Bubba in Phoenix? I got a little help, but I up. three, Bubba Wallace is around and into the outside wall. Contact finds Bubba Wallace spinning up the banking and just nailing the safer barrier. That might very well have been a chain reaction issue, but Corey LaJoy did in fact get into the left rear corner of his good buddy and a guy he went to high school with, Bubba Wallace. We've been racing together since we've been 12 years old, and that was the first time we've ever had a run-in. So, like, mm. you race and you play in the same ball field with somebody, it's inevitable you're going to hit them, right? So that was, unfortunately, the one time that him and I had run into each other. Right. Why did he get so mad? When he clapped at me? Yeah, like, he, yeah. He was clapping at me because he he didn't know that I got run into. So this was a story. Mm. There's, like, two people that I really don't want to wreck, and Bubba's on that list. Joey's another one I don't want, like, because I was in Joey's wedding. Like, me and him are buds. Me and Bubba are buds. So, like, there's two guys. If I wreck, whether it be accidental, like, I feel bad about it, right? So I felt, I get out of the car. I'm in the rental car, head to the airport. Call Bubba, obviously he went straight to voicemail, he didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> He's been, you know, loaded up for the last three hours. And I'm like, hey man, dude, I'm, I'm so sorry. I guess I just cooked it in there and got a little loose and got into you like, I, like, sorry, bro. Like, I'll talk, like, have a good off season. <laughs> I'll talk to you here later on. Like, we'll go get a beer and like hash it out. Right. So I'm, I get off, I, I hung up, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see the replay and Ricky Stenhouse got in my left rear right before I got into Bubba. So. If, Ricky hadn't got into me first, I wouldn't have wrecked Bubba. Right. So I called Bubba right back. 
hey, man, forget about that voicemail I just sent, because that was Ricky's fault. <laughs> <laughs> you said that? I feel bad I wrecked him, but if, if I hadn't got hit, then Bubba wouldn't got crashed. And that's racing. It's racing, bro. You're, it's like... Let me fact check you on this show. You're our NASCAR expert. Whose fault was it? Hang oh, on, hang on. Stenhouse. Hang it on. was. He... He's the NASCAR expert of this fat show. <laughs> Hold on a second. You at like, Jesus. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> we stacking nickels now. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's what we're trying to do. We're still a penny for the time. No, no, no. Is, is it, is, why is you're talking about Joey and Bubba, you say you don't want to wreck them. Mm -hmm. Is it a disadvantage to have friends on the track? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joey, Joey even told me straight up, he was like, shoo. If we start racing together, like, I can't freaking hang out with you. <laughs> I got a pretty good Joey. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, because, like, he legitimately, it's, like, he's not going to have me over at his house grilling burgers on a Wednesday and then, like, rubbing fenders on a Sunday afternoon. Like, that's just, some people can separate it, some guys mm -hmm. not. And he's been racing for wins and championships his whole career. Like, I've been on the bottom trying to come up the other way. Right. So I haven't got to race wheel-to-wheel -wheel with Kyle Busch or... You know, I raced Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Bubba, Daniel Suarez, and these guys growing up. But once they got hooked up with Hendrick or wherever they went, like their career shot. Mm -hmm. And my career kind of stalled out. And then it was just a grind. Mm -hmm. Completely got all the driving opportunities dried up. Went to crew chief for some guys flying out to Bakersfield, California every other week. And then got lucky and, and hit on a little bit of a partnership and got back going and kind of like recreated my career when I was like 22. So like I that took like a three year hiatus because I just didn't have an opportunity to drive. Talk to me about that. When I was at UCF, Mike Sims Walker, Andre Sumpner, um, my roommates, all wide receivers, we were in the dorms together, and uh, you know freshmen, sophomores, we sit there and it was just like that was it. How we're going to take care of families, the dream that we had, and um, anyways, Dre blew out his knee, right? So now you have. 2008, 2009, 2010, you have myself and Mike Sims Walker in the NFL. You know, we're, we made it. Yeah. Dre didn't make it. And this is like our brother, right? We did everything together. So we made it. And I never forget this moment where, you know, Mike and I got into it. And this is right before I went to McLean Hospital. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And it basically, it's an emotional sort of being able to self-regulate, uh, deal with the stress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Mike and I, he, we, we were training one day, and we're sitting on the field, and uh, he's like, man, you need help, you need help, you need help. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And we're literally working out, but arguing the whole time, okay? Fast forward, he goes to Orlando. I stay in Fort Lauderdale. I'm in the 17,000-square-foot home in the theater room. I'm like, I got to call this dude. You're this balling. Is my brother. Yeah, I'm balling. Just signed a big deal. My teammate down there, was, they yeah, brought me yeah, down. Yeah. The Dolphins he had brought me money, down. He had money, cool. I had yeah, a lot of money. money. Yeah. Still had a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting in this theater room, bro. I was like, let me call Mike. I talked to Mike. I was like, yo, I'm coming up to Orlando. We need to talk about this. We're brothers. So anyways, we get to Mike's apartment in Orlando, and Andre Sumpner, Dre Snoop, our other roommate, he's there. I'm thinking he's going to be the mediator. So I'm talking to Mike, and he and I getting after it, da, 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 going back and forth. And then Dre chime, chimes in. He's like, I feel like y'all left me behind. That's tough. He said, I feel like y'all made it to the NFL. Y'all did this. Y'all did that. We had no clue what was going on with him. So when you talk about Logano, you talk about Bubba, you talk about Danny and all those other guys, how did you feel when you saw them excel and go mm -hmm. sign with Hendricks? Mm. Right, and now yeah. you're sitting here. I'm the crew chief. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't even so much that. Like it, yeah, human nature's. You're certainly jealous about it, right? But that doesn't help you overcome anything. I mean, I was in the ESPN Next magazine with Kyrie Irving. Like Kyrie Irving when he was coming out of Duke, oh, nine, ten, he was on the cover, and I was the third page in mm -hmm. as the next NASCAR guy. Like I thought I had the world by the. Just signed a deal with Richard Petty Motorsports, mm -hmm. five-year contract, <laughs> laid it all out. You're going to run Xfinity this year. You're going to run, you know, XX and X. You're going to run Cup Series and be making, you know, three million bucks by the time you're 21. I'm like, it's easy, <laughs> right, right. you know? One thing leads to another. 
start doing too much behind the wheel of a car, one of the opportunities that, that they gave me, trying to make a 15th place car, a 10th place car, and it's just not practical. So I was starting to overdrive, started to really get inside my own head of just confidence. And um, all the driving opportunities dried up, more or less Richard Petty was like, man, we, we don't really have a spot for you. This guy come in, bought the Xfinity car that we were gonna put you in. So like, sorry about your bad luck. That's, where, that's the direction we're going. So I went from looking at a you know, five-year deal to be a cup driver to not having anything. So I fell back to what I kind of knew, what kind of got me there is just working on my own cars and through some mutual connections, I was like, I gotta pay some bills here. You know, I just bought a townhouse. So the only decent deal was flying to Bakersfield, California. We'd set the car up, we'd go to Sonoma. We'd go this place, that place. And I started having some success on that side with the radio. And I even turned down, so funny story, Jimmy Johnson was watching a race, like a tape delay race at like two o'clock in the morning, couldn't <laughs> sleep. And the guy who won, I was crew chiefing for. And they, they interviewed me after the race. Like, the race winning crew chief, Corey LaJoy. Like, what do you think? Oh, you know, Culver's good today, right? Dave did a great job. And Jimmy's like, like, what? You were just driving a year and a half ago. Why are you in Evergreen, Washington, crew chief in a Canon West car? I'm like, dude, I got to pay the bills. I don't have anything driving. So he's like, man, what, like, you want to come over to like Hendrick and get in the system, be a car chief, and eventually like maybe be a crew chief on the cup side? I was like, I guess, you know? So he gives me Chad's number. And, I called Chad up, hey, Jimmy gave me your number. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And he's like, you want to come work? And he's like, if you come work, you can drive. Like, once you're on this side of it, there's no chance for you to go back. And I was like, well, let me think about it. And it's like, I couldn't give it up. I, I don't know if there was like a little sliver of getting some hope to p potentially drive again, but I, I'm probably one of the only guys in history to tell Chad Canals I don't want to work for him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Very as Chad Canals like this, comment. Right. Yeah, and he's like the seven, you know, seven-time crew chief champion. So, told him no because I still wanted to live the dream and, and got lucky. And the okay. snowball started rolling down the hill, and I'm, I'm, it's still rolling down it. the hill, but slowly going back up the hill. It's, I love it's it. It's been a lot of fun. I love it, bro. I'm glad you made that decision. Yeah, and and you kind of touched on it a bit ago, and I want to bring it back. Like, I didn't realize like the mental health piece and just like how much being a professional athlete is as much mental as it is physical ability. And when I first started getting, to, I got into the Cup Series at literally the bottom of the barrel. The slowest cars, outdated, no, no tier of an engine program. And it's like, okay, you are literally driving the slowest car at the racetrack. No matter if Kyle Larson's driving this thing, it might be second to last slowest car at the racetrack, but you're still gonna be the slowest guy at the racetrack. <laughs> and I had like this, my dad was a two-time Xfinity Series champion. And you know, he was, the tough love, right? If if it ain't good, like figure out how to fix it. If you're not going fast enough, just drive a little harder. And I had like Randy LaJoy in my brain, like, well, if you're 30th, well, that car definitely could be 28th, like drive a little harder. Stuffed, right? Like, right, right. and I had to figure out, and I get, it got to the point, I was, it was so bad the first year in the Cup Series, I was like seven or eight weeks in, I'm like, do I even know how to even shift a damn transmission at this point? Like I have to be the worst race car driver in history at the planet. Mm, right. So I started seeing a sports psychologist. And I'm, I always thought that was like taboo. Like you should be able to figure your own stuff out, right? right? Be a man, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So we started meeting with uh, a sports psychologist who was working with Charlotte, uh, Charlotte 49ers at the time. And I just realized I was burned out seven, like seven weeks into what I worked my entire life to get to. I'm burned out, not motivated, dreading to go to the racetrack, hating life. Right, wow. Making the most amount of money I've ever made in my life, driving in front of hundreds of thousands of people, right? But not in the context that I had originally envisioned it. So we had to figure out tangible, th like wins throughout the weekend, stuff that no matter how slow of a car you're driving, you had, like, you could succeed, whether it be like pit road rolling speed, positive position retentions on restarts. There was like five or six things that nobody outside of the sports psychologist and me gave it about, but it was like a penny. Right, and you right. stack one penny on, on the table. And then if I can go to the pit road rolling speeds and see that I'm in the top 10, another, step, another penny on the stack. And that was like things that I could tangibly right. say. So, so before you go there, because you talked about your podcast stacking pennies. Yeah. So did that term come from your sports psychologist and that's yeah. how you got to? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, so that was kind of like just a internal thing to her and I just was like, all right, how many pennies we stacked this weekend? Well, I was eighth on rolling, pit road rolling speed. I had a positive restart retention. I didn't speed on pit road. I didn't cuss on the radio. Like even st <laughs> little stuff like that well, was can, a penalty. Well, like, can, was can, a you, can you continue to curse on the radio? Because like Radioactive <laughs> is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> Yeah, but little kids, listen, man, I don't want to oh, be the guy true, in there cussing. Like, I'll let Kurt Busch do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do enough for everybody. All right, I respect that. They I do enough for everybody. That. But can we just make, can, can we ask NASCAR say to some potentially he does. not let the kids listen to that? Because Like a, like a, uh, yeah. after, like a, yeah, after, after late, after yeah, late night, <laughs> after yeah, late dark. night, like HBO Max radio <laughs> channel. No, we need that. We need you and Carl Busch. Yeah, doing it. Yeah. Go back, go back, go ahead, go ahead, finish. So over the course of the year, we were stacking pennies. And it's like stuff that my owner didn't know about, stuff that my crew chief didn't know about, but it was like these little areas where, you know, the guys that win races are always trying to hit. You know, right. you can't give up mm. speed on pit road. Rocco, you know, like mm. your pit road rolling speed is just as important as your pit stop time. So all that stuff adds up and it's like these little things now that I'm at Spire Motorsports, we get a little bit faster car and those pennies that I've learned and just made habitual have turned our 21st place car days into 15th, you know, and it's like, cause you're getting those little areas where people are lax on. And that's kind of been a motto. We started putting that on social media, like finish 21st today, stacks and pennies, hashtag stack and pennies. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th. And Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama. Cole Hahn, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. One, two... Three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. And the fans started like, oh, like, that's kind of what it is. Mm. And it really and truly started with just ways to figure out how to stay motivated mm. and to not get burned out and, and you know, keep the fire burning of, of what I love to do. Wow. So... There's a couple of things that came up, uh, the stacking pennies. When I was playing for the Chicago Bears, this is when I was all, I was trying to figure it out. You know, Chan can tell you, right, like he's seen both sides where I was struggling and are, are surviving and, and, and then also this side now thriving, right? And maybe sometimes he may say I'm still struggling. But uh, he ain't struggling. When I got, <laughs> when, so, so 2011, 2012, <laughs> I was traded to the Miami Dolphins from the Denver Broncos. And so the first year, when we played together, I was like struggling, right? I was barely surviving. And in the second you're year- You're talking about mentally. Mentally. We're talking about money, just mentally. The, you're talking about just yes, the, right. the stress, yeah. the pressure of what this puts Everything. on you when yeah. you do have these big contracts and have to perform for it. Right. You know, us was the, we, we, we were the owners and the coaches and all. You have sponsors, you have owners, you have all that. Yeah. And the, the bank accounts were nice, but I knew as my homeboy, just seeing him on a daily basis, I was like, he was, he's mentally somewhere else. It's a lot, it's a lot yeah, to wrestle right. with, bro. Especially the expectations you put for yourself or everybody else has on you. That's right. And then how do you deal with those emotions? How do you manage that stuff? Because it's a lot. And so, you know, 2011, I was struggling a lot. And then in between 2011 and 2012, it was the year of lockout. So I went to McLean Hospital and I learned so much. 
Um, but anyways, I came back in 2012, played that year out. I was just a different cat. I remember one coach asked me, Brandon, are you on medicine? I was like, no, I'm not on medicine. They just saw a different person. That was Coach Nolan, your defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Nolan walked up to me one day. He was like, Brandon, are you on medicine? Because I was sitting at the 50-yard line, and anytime the defense was out there, I would start gazing. And gazing is a form of meditation and also concentration. So, like, they'll be going back and forth, big hit, boom! And I would never break concentration. I would just find a point in the, on the other side of the field, and I would just lock in. And so I would take those moments to, like, work on my concentration. And everybody thought I was weird and awkward, right? Because it's, like, counterculture to football. And I was like, no, but this is, this is me. Like, I was reading books now. I was meditating. I was doing all kinds. We had Ricky on the team. I was learning from Ricky yeah. Williams. And so, anyways, I get to... Chicago, and I'm still now like the pressure, and like I want to perform. I got another big contract, and I'm one of the top at, uh, football players in, in in the NFL, whatever. And so when you talk about stacking pennies, one of the things that we realized was like I was struggling in the games, and my sports psychologist said between every drive, so whether it's six play drive, twelve play drive, I want you to take a journal, and then when you come off the field. I want you to write down all the positive. So be, after every drive, whether good or bad out, before I talk to the, Jay Cutler, the quarterback, or the offensive coordinator, I pull out my journal, and I would just journal. Drop a ball in front of 70,000 cheering fans, 3 million people tuned in live. I would write down, awesome route. The, the, my break at the top, in and out, boom. That was a stacking of penny. Yeah. My body language, how I ran back to the sideline, right? How I interact with the quarterback, what I said to the coach, boom. But it was a bad play to everybody else in the world. But to me, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's stacking pennies, bro. Yes. I relate to that. Yeah. And people don't understand like those little details with that, how, how that goes a long way in the mindset that you have to have as an athlete, Yeah. right? Well, it's like I look at Tom Brady, for example, and like that guy didn't get to where he's at just by one big step. You know, it's like all them little steps getting up that mountain. And that's how I'm looking at approaching my NASCAR career as a whole. It's like I'm not getting from where I started crashing cars every other week, you know, being a, a dummy, not res like respecting people or, you know, all the stuff you get when you're immature and you feel like you're owed something. But getting humbled multiple rungs and like having to rebuild it from the start, it's like one step at a time to get ultimately where I want to go. I don't know where the top of that is, but I'm I'm content with what I'm doing now. I'm having a lot of fun, and I can truly say that, like, I love what I do do now. I'm not running considerably right. better than I was when I first started, but now I just appreciated it, and I love finding them small victories each and every week. Both of y'all talk about the stacking pennies. That is this is interesting to me because I never had that, like, that mental health thing. You know what I'm saying? I drank and partied. I don't he know. He think if... he don't. He masking something. <laughs> I was going to say, he yeah. masking no, something. No, no, no. I got partied every night. I drank every night. I, I had a number of beautiful girlfriends. <laughs> I don't know if that covered up, but, but B, like, a thing between us is that the day that he was going to tell the world that he was borderline, person, borderline personality disorder, he told myself, who was it, me, Ronnie, Carlos Dansby, Los, Sleazy, Lo, uh, Carlos Dansby, he told us in the, in the lunchroom, after he told us that he's going to tell the world that they, the Dolphins cut me, and after they cut me, once he came out, I went home. I rode to my house like a mile away from the facility, and I watched him tell the world that, and I texted him. I was like, bro, that's big time. That's going to help mm -hmm. a lot of people what you just did, and you text me back. Man, you just lost your job. Why are you texting me about that? I was like, <laughs> right. bro, my job is not as important to the world as that's what you just job. did. Right. That's real. And, and so, so that, that, that mental frame of stacking pennies. And I was actually, I had a question about, like, why is the podcast named that? But that's what it is. Did you mm -hmm. name it that to help people? Did you, like, what's, is it, is it subconsciously to help people? Like, why, no, why that, is the name of that? That was like a brand that kind of just took, a, took some traction of its own. You know, it's like on a post-race tweet, I would just hashtag stacking pennies, and people started, like, applying that to their everyday life you know whether that's getting up early not hitting the snooze button like there's pennies in your life there's pennies in your career mm -hmm. there's pennies in your marriage like all over the place that you know how often you walk I mean you walk past pennies every day pick it up. if you mm -hmm. picked up all them pennies you walked by you like you 
with inflation, you probably wouldn't be able to buy too much right now. But like, <laughs> you still have more right. money than if you would and not picked it up at all, right? Yeah. It's just, I think, trying to pay attention to the details and the small things because they're so easy to overlook, but those are where the, the progress is made. Whether that's mentally, just, and, and maybe even just showing so, like the people that are watching you that you might not even know are watching you, try to do the right thing. Like that's, that's what, why I named the podcast that it wasn't like, to make this big push in mental health, even though that's where it came from. Like, I don't necessarily lead with it, but I do, like, I'm fairly open to talk about it because that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. Like, it came from me hating my life of what I dreamed of trying to be since I was nine years old. Right. And just by figuring out the small victories in my career allowed me to just appreciate my entire life more. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a lot deeper when you start digging up. I've probably never dug into it this deep before. But that's really where it comes from. So let me ask you a question because, like, there's a few people at NASCAR that was like, yo, we got to connect you to. And was it the connect? Is the mental health connection between us? Maybe. Or maybe we're just the coolest guys in the so. sport. I would say so because <laughs> now that you say that about stacking pennies in, a, in the motorsports, that's what you that's what you do. And that those are championship characteristic traits. Yeah. Right there. And you're setting yourself up for that. Well, it's like I knew I knew, you know, five years from now, if I didn't take the small things serious, if I didn't get better at those small things, I would never get the call to drive for a cha- you know, a, a a Rick or a Joe or a Roger, you know, the guys that have elite organizations because I wasn't capable. I didn't have the mindset. I didn't have, I'll be honest, I don't have the natural ability, but I do have the work ethic to bear down and get after it. Why would you say that? I'm not Kyle, like there's only like one generational guy, right? Kyle Larson's that guy. What, what? He he did beat me by six points in the K&N Championship. So like I've ran wheel to wheel with him, but he is a phenomenal guy. Let's let's break that down. Hang on. Go ahead. But there ain't nobody on a Sunday afternoon I don't think that I can beat. Car mm. for car. I'm about to say, man. I mean, but but, but hold on. But, but this whole Kyle Larson thing, because mm-hmm. we've been trying to figure out what's this it in NASCAR. Because um, everybody keep talking about Kyle Larson. It's about the it, the it. Right, like, that's what yeah, what is it? Is it? Is it that, or is it just he has the team that's behind him? Well, now he now he has a team. Now I, he has a team. You know, it's been people have recognized Kyle's ability for the last multiple years. He's the most versatile. He ra- he races the most out of all the Cup Series guys. He goes and races a midget. He's probably wait- racing a midget as we speak at the mm-hmm. moment, like literally. Like yeah, he lo- he loves to race. He uh, we all love to race, but he literally like loves it. Would be racing every night if he had the opportunity to. Like I like hanging out with my kids and watching movies mm-hmm. on the couch. Like I guess the it factor being his his brain and really and truly his butt are so in tune with the feedback the car and the vehicle's given him, it's instinctual for him to find that little morsel of grip that I might be, you know, leaving 0.005% of grip on the table, not driving that tire to its max slip angle, not leaning on the door as much as the aerodynamics can take it. Like, Larson is going to the marginal razor edge every lap. Right. But just because he has seat time, he's got the natural ability, he's got the desire, and now he's with the best team in NASCAR, right? He won six times in five years at Ganassi, which people will recognize, like, this guy's got it. Get him with Hendrick, the best team, and he wins 10 races in one year. <laughs> so, like, you have to have both. You know, you right. can't have the best team with a mediocre guy. You're not going to be that successful. But when you put the, the most motivated guy, obviously he got knocked down a couple rungs on the humility scale over the last 16 months. So he was primed, he was motivated, and he got up on the wheel and got after it. Explain the butt that you were saying, the booty yeah, feel. Right. They don't yeah, know what that means. They're football. Football. Like, yeah. You know, it's not like you're not, it's as much, it's as much seeing it with your eyes as it is feeling with the, your butt, how mm-hmm. much y'all this car's got, how much pitch it's got, how much heave it's Lamborghini. got. Lamborghini, when you're in a Lamborghini, it's low, right? Right. When you're in the SUV, it's high. Right. When you're in that Lamborghini, you go over that speed bump, you feel it in your butt, don't you? Yes, right. When you're turning on it, you feel it in your butt because you're low to the ground. That feeling will make you a lot of money in NASCAR because you can learn how that car is handling, communicate it to the crew chief, can adjust the car to what you want, and you can run the car faster. Wow. If you can't feel that, communicate it to the crew chief, to your team, you know, they can't give you what you need to run the car faster. But if you can... Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Let me ask both of you guys this question. Because, like, we're learning NASCAR. So when we turn on Fox or NBC, 
you know, we see guys going left with how Chan liked to say it. When Chan came out bunch to the left. track for the yeah, first bunch time, of left. Like, oh, circles. Shit, I like <laughs> how do you capture that? You know what it's I mean? Because like, in football, you can see strategy, mm, yeah. this guy matched up versus this guy. It's so that. how do you capture that in NASCAR? Because it's not just yeah. guys just going left. Mm -mm. There's so much more to it. We just upstairs were talking about coverages in football. Just randomly, we had some yeah. time. And to your point, like, when you were talking about that Larson can push it to that <laughs> last 5%. Mm -hmm. Not even 5%, it's, it's half a percent. A half a percent. Which is a yard because for that, us. that gave me chills, like, yeah. like to think about football where that, the, you, you know. You know where that edge you is. You can jump that, uh -huh. there's only so many people that can jump that route. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, the, that's the explanation of that, yeah. I think, is big for new it's, fans it's, like it's, us. It's, it's almost like, Chan, it's like the quarterback for a defender, you guys say, said, like Peyton Manning, everybody knows it was famous, right? Turned into a brand. Omaha, Omaha, Rugo. <laughs> yeah. Right? So when you get Peyton Manning's cadence down, then you have Vaughn Miller on the other side before he got to mm -hmm. Denver when he's playing at Indy when they're going against each other. Vaughn Miller is off. Mm -hmm. Now the tackle is a half a second behind. So he says, Omaha, Omaha, Rugo. Boom, that this little bit disrupts the whole game because now Vaughn Miller has two sacks, and that's the difference in winning or losing, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Now you got lost yardage, yep. right? So now you got Vaughn Miller, you got Dwight Freeney, you have all these great defensive ends and linebackers where they're sitting up there and they're like, they all say, hey, coach, I'm like, let me get the TV copy. This is the edge. Yep. ESPN, I want to hear ESPN, I want to hear CBS copy. So now you hear the game version, now you can hear what Peyton Manning's mm -hmm. saying. So they're hearing it and they just, Omaha, Omaha, Blue Go. And so now they're like, okay, jump, 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 right? That's what you're, that, we, we, how do we capture that in NASCAR, right? Like yes. that's the, isn't that, that the that, edge that's, though? That's what I, that's the exact thing I was asking. Right. Like that thing. Y'all call it, I don't know if y'all call it, I don't know, the it's butt, the butt feel, like that yeah. thing. When you guys watch a race, whether it be in person or on the broadcast, what makes you guys fans or what makes you guys intrigued to watch it? Right. So because I went to the track first, now I understand more. Yeah. And I was able to sit in Bubba's pit box. Yeah. I was able to sit in... Uh, in, in Kyle Bush's pit box. Mm -hmm. So like, I was able to hear the engines. Yeah. So that sounds different in person than it does. Oh yeah. Right? Like oh, yeah. that's my wife and I's favorite part is like drivers <laughs> start your engines and then like vroom, mm. that shit. And you, you can feel that wind yeah. coming by. Right? So like, when I, when I watch it, I, I feel it, I can understand it. Have you been there with the headset on where you can hear the radio yes. transmissions and all that? Yes, that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like when I'm at the track, mm -hmm. it's a different experience. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's where justice. you fall in love with it. Yeah. Because like, I don't give a damn if you drive a Toyota Camry or if you drive a dang on Kia, Sophia, whatever, if you like a car, but if you're in the cars, if you go out to the track and you feel that, you see the guys in the garage and you see what they're doing before and they're driving it through the tunnel mm -hmm. to make sure you pass inspections. It's like, this stuff is crazy, but that's what you can't capture on TV. So it's like, to me, it's the entire experience. Yeah, that's like stuff that the Fox and NBC has a hard time to do because they have to cover the surface area details of the race, right? This is the guy who's leading, this is the point structure. There's a, too many storylines for the broadcast to really dig into. That's why all the other side projects that NASCAR does, stuff like this, they can like give some life to the stacking pennies, to a smaller team as to what we're trying to do. So does the broadcast need to get a little more technical to show that Kyle Larson's getting that extra half a degree of you know right front slip angle, if he's getting to pit road, three tenths of a second faster on a green flag stop. Like, yes, but I think they do have to cater to the more of a, a broad fan as opposed to the technical side. Correct, but, but and also you said something interesting because like we're a lot alike. You know what we, sh we have in common as football players to drivers? Hit me. Helmets. Yeah. Right? So like I, we know Kevin Durant. We know James mm -hmm. Harden, we know Steph Curry. Yeah, But you guys wear these helmets, right? Yeah. So it's like, in basketball, we fall in love with the athlete and not necessarily the, the teams and the leagues. Like, we, I'm a Michael Jordan fan, I'm a Larry Bird fan. Yeah. In football, it's the same thing. There's only a couple guys that break through, and usually they're quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. Right? But you don't, you, you'd be surprised. 
Adrian Peterson or even Channing or I walk through the airport and like, oh, you're Channing Carter, you're Brandy Marshall, because they see us with our helmet on 90% of the time. Well, you're also 6'6 mm-hmm. and 255. Right, pretty I know, but they always say that. You know, here's what I always say. <laughs> yeah, we, we just had it today. Go and hit him and see what happens. But, <laughs> but this is what they say right in the airport. Are you an athlete? I'm like, I'm just another black man that's called. Why I gotta be just an athlete? But anyways, yeah. but here's what I'm saying, though. It's like, we have to do a great job in these helmet sports whether it's hockey, NASCAR, football, taking the helmet off and actually fall in love with the person. But right now, like, we're getting to know you. Yeah. And so now that me, me talking to you now, when I'm watching the, the race, I'm leaning in like, damn, okay, I know Bubba, I know Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, y- yeah, you, you got a horse saying? in a race. Correct. Yeah. We know the, the storylines, we know the personality. It's not yeah. just NASCAR. I think that's why NASCAR's great in so many areas because you could be a Jeff Gordon fan growing up, right? Your dad watched it or whatever, and you rooted for the Rainbow 24 DuPont car, right? Growing up, just because Jeff was winning a lot. Well, when Jeff retires and then Chase Elliott comes in, like you're naturally going to gravitate because the brand of that car already has some equity in it. Now Chase, right, has some equity. Granted, he's had a super successful career already. You could either be a 24 fan because he originally drove that car. I mean, you worked over there, Rocco. You know, like, mm-hmm. that 24 is a brand in itself, let alone who's driving it. That 48 was a brand with Jimmy Johnson before Alex Bowman was driving it. But the cars had their own equity of a brand, and the drivers obviously have their own. So when you combine the two, it can make for some really great things. But also, like, the, the driver's brands individually can really go as far as what, whatever effort you want to put in. Before you go, Chan, yeah. I also think this. Right? And I'm not talking to you like you're Steve Phelps, like you're the president <laughs> and shit. But it's like, I truly believe the the pit crew, their brands as, as, as well. Yeah. Because like, sure. to me, those are big moments. Preach. Right? It's like, can they get out within un- under 12 seconds, right? Bro. Or is it 12.5? What is yeah. it? And so like, if I know, if I'm falling in love with, yeah. you know, whether it's Edwards or even the old school Rocco, like then I'm in tune, right? Yeah. That's a big moment. Like, can we get out? So at that point, my best my best buddy, Ryan Flores, changes fronts yep. for Brad Kozlowski. He's on the podcast. He's like our yep. pit road analyst. Ryan has his own story. Comes from New Jersey, right? Like came from nothing. Now he's working for a championship organization, crushing it. You know, it's right. like having his story told to your point is super important because then you start pulling for Brad because you know the front tire changer, yeah. you know, just because you want them guys to run to, to do well. So I know you've been sitting there pent up for five minutes. Oh, you? no, it wasn't pent up, but no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as you as you were talking about, you know, the, 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 the attraction of it and all that, like we text now and B would text me, Bubba's in 11th. You know, Rowdy's, Rowdy's in third. Like, we text about it, and that's what we, we follow the guys we know. Yeah. And now knowing you, like, whenever you race, we'll text and we're going right. to talk about, you know, like, okay, Corey's in 11, you know, turn it on. Like, like that. that's what we do now. But yeah. it only started less than a year ago. Right. And we know the guys. But Jimmy Johnson, in 2019, he was retiring. I heard a story about you. I don't know about Jimmy Johnson, Ooh, though, good, but Jimmy Johnson is powerful. He's the, Jimmy. He's the best. Jimmy is a seven-time champion. He's the best. Jimmy could made enemies he was so good. And I didn't understand that about NASCAR because he was just, people just got tired of him winning. I like to compare Jimmy Johnson to Keanu Reeves. Uh, wow. I don't, just know, surfer I don't know what boy, that dude. means. You, you know, just, dude, what's Can up? dodge bullets Laid like back, no problem. You know, just chill. Always, nothing will get Jimmy rattled. And also, yeah. Jimmy Johnson was an athlete that transcended his sports. Yes. The yeah. Peyton Manning's, the Tom Brady's, the Michael yeah, Jordan's, the LeBron James. The Viking, but just different, right? So Jimmy Johnson's the <laughs> so, dog. Well, but hold on, dog. hold on a second. Yeah. But Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was big. He's retiring. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that you wrote a letter to Hendrix and yeah. delivered it by hand. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, right, right over here at the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. But that story about Jimmy Johnson retiring, you wanting to take over 48. Yeah. I'll, I'll back up like three steps from that story. Please do. So, this is important so, for us. So, Jimmy, so when Jimmy started driving in X Bush Series back then, like my dad was the elder guy. Like he was the successful guy. So he kind of took Jimmy under his wing. Hey, turn three at Kentucky's flat and you'll bust your ass. Like little stuff like that, right? So when I started racing, Jimmy was texting daddy, tell Corey, open his entry up, right? The track's gonna tighten up at night when the sun goes down, like all these little things. So him and I started hitting off a fairly good friendship, right? He's probably at that point in time when we started really getting close, he was probably four or five time champ. We'd go riding mountain bikes and do all this stuff. 
And that first cup deal I was trying to get to, there was no reason I was qualified to drive that car. Like I, I was, I might've had six or seven development races before that. Like I probably wasn't even certified to go, right? Like I had a little bit of competitive stock from what people thought I could potentially do in the right situation. And I was like the squeaky wheel for the guy that owned that car, Ron Devine. And I'm calling Ron every day. Ron, please let me drive that car. I don't know, big guy, you know, I got this Jimmy's guy or that guy. No, no, this, this is like where the stag and pace come from. Like I want to drive, I just want to drive the shittiest car on the grid. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, right, I got to right. get into the show. Yeah, like put me right. in Coach Ray Rock. Yeah. Kind of like in Days of Thunder. Like, let me drive. I won't make a fool out of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like straight up stuff like that. Right. And I'm getting nowhere. Like three weeks. I'm at, texting him. Hey, sir, please let me drive your car. I promise I won't wreck it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> right, right. And it finally got to the point. I thought he was leaning another direction on a guy with a little bit of money. And Jimmy just won a seventh championship. And I was like, I'm gonna throw a Hail Mary here. Mm. So I called Jimmy, I said, yo man, I need some help. Like I'm trying to get into this car. I think that's my only option. Maybe if a call from the seven time champ brings my, this owner and you put in the good word for me, maybe you can like, may, maybe it'll persuade him, who knows. So he's like, send me his number. So he was on the ski lift in Aspen on the way up to go ski, calls Ron, they talked for like 45 minutes. Ron calls me up, hey big guy, if the seven time champ thinks you're good enough, you're good enough for me. <laughs> So I jump in that car. It was originally a one-race deal. We qualified for the Daytona 500, and then that one-race deal turned into a full, full-time season. But So that was kind of like the first influential moment that Jimmy had in my life. Yeah. And then he helped me throughout the course of my career. Like, Jimmy was the epitome of a race car driver and a human being in my book. Like, that guy hung the moon. Mm. So when Jimmy announces he's retiring at the end of the year, right, I'm like, it's a long shot because I'm still, you so, know. But Jimmy Johnson, he's one of the faces of NASCAR. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Legend, Hall of Famer. Top three greatest drivers of all time. Facts. Easy. Yep. Easy. Easy. Yep. So, so like the Peyton Mannings of our world, yep. the Joe Montanas, the Tom, Tom Brady's, Brady's of the world, like right? the Michael he, Jordan's. You know, the field. ones that have elevated themselves above the okay, rest. So, right? he's in so he's retiring, and I'm like, I know it's a long shot, right? There's a list of 78 guys in front of me that should be in this car, but how can I make myself stand out without making myself look like him? Right? right, like, right. Who knows? Rick Hendrick, of all people, could take a shot on somebody like me. Right. Shoot your shot. He's like, I don't know, like, go talk to him. I'm like, Jimmy. That's a good idea. Yeah. Jimmy says Jimmy this. told you that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my dad drove for Rick for four or five races, filled in for a guy that got hurt. So, like, there's a little bit of a relationship there, right? So he kind of knows me since I was a little kid. But the point being is I got this idea. I'm like, what if I just wrote, like, When's the last time you got a handwritten letter from somebody? You know, right. like my, my wife's like, why don't you just like write them like a note? Like, hey, let me drive your car. Like, P.S. Like, right. I will do right. good. You know? <laughs> and right. I legitimately wrote out, like, it took me three weeks. Draft number one. Wow. <laughs> Rip it out. Okay, Not these good. are some, like, I legitimately wrote out a letter, folded that sucker up. Like, I'm in Hamilton. Tuck in a suit jacket. I had a suit on because Going up to we're Mr. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's got okay. a couple people around him. Like Mr. H, I just just Here read this when you get a minute. Here yeah. you go. Here you go. Yeah, show us. So you you Here walked you up to Mr. H. You see yours, Rick, Rick, Rick Hendrick. Yeah, it was like this. It was like this. Okay, show us. Mr. H, I know you're a busy man, but just take a look at that when you get a chance. Right. And he was like. Thanks, young man. Now, moral of the story is he didn't hire me because I'm driving for Spire Motorsports. But <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous, bro. Dude. But I mean, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. This is this is a big moment for us. Yeah. Not for you, but for us. <laughs> Why? Because as we dove into your story, we're like, oh my goodness. We love it. We love the hustle. We love all of that. Yeah. But you for you to think that you're going to get car 48. No, I knew I wasn't going to get it, but I knew I definitely wouldn't get it if I didn't do nothing about it. Ooh, okay. Mm. Okay, you now, you, now you just told me you're not okay. Okay. Closed mouth, hey. closed mouth don't get fed. Hey. That's it, man. Yeah. He, said, he said, I'm at Spire Motorsports now. Who builds your engines, Yeah, Corey? we run Hendrick Motors. We run Who builds your yeah. engines? Who's, who's yeah. helping out with your chassis, Corey? And we get, and Hendrick, we get Hendrick, Motorsports Hendrick Pit Crew. So, like, so he's a sat. Yeah, Y'all don't understand what this team. means. Yeah. You know, he said he's running for Spire, but, you know, smaller teams need help from your affluent teams, right? Right, right. So some teams, your top teams are only allowed four cars. That's it. Hendrick has his four, right? How do you kind of get above that? 
you have satellite teams. Mm. Satellite teams are teams that you aid and help, and they help you with research and data. Yep. So Spire is the satellite team for Hendrick. Corey does drive yeah. for Hendrick Motorsports. Ooh. Mm. So it may have came back and helped him. That letter. Didn't hurt. But see, you didn't, didn't tell hurt. us this in the green room. Because we were it, ready to set you up. This is all this is about to set up. We sit here thinking, like, Corey think he can go up to Hendrix, no. Mr. H, and deliver a letter. Yeah. 2019, yeah. Jimmy Johnson, the yeah. Peyton Manning of the sport. Yeah. The I'm Drew Brees of the I'm sport. I'm going to jump in 48. I'm going to kill you, Hey, hey man. Mr. H. That, that, that's the story. Hey, Mr. H. Yeah, that I, was I the deserve story. to drive the 48. <laughs> no, I knew I didn't deserve oh that. But, you, but I like how y'all flipped it back on us. We thought we were going to yeah. mess with you. But. You think I'm mad? You're the Right. <laughs> I, like, I am one of the, like, I'm self-aware and where I'm at. You know, like, I know that I was the longest of the long shot, but I do know that it was a no shot if I didn't hand this that letter. This is crazy. You know I mean? You're like, thinking like this, Corey. Right. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I'm a pit crew. I mean, I was, I was a fan, and I would have thought that you had all the confidence in the world. You had the talent in the world. You were fast-tracked, and you're telling me you weren't ready for that car, but they put you in that car, and you didn't, that was a successful season. Yeah. That was. Well, they've all been a successful season. Some have just been more successful than others. Mm, sports psychology. Yeah. You know, Man, it's like. Dude, you are, you were nice with it. And I, well, and I, and I look back, I don't even look back, because I think I'm right in the thick of it. I'm 30 years old and healthy as I've ever been. Yep. And like, you think about it, I'll, I'm going to look back on them days where I was getting paid little money, driving the worst cars on the grid, and be like, those were the good old days. Like, learning with no, no expectations, no eyeballs, no fans. So they don't, if I wreck, like nobody really cares, good or bad. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, you're kind of expected to. So I was, I was in a position where I could learn and grow the sport, grow myself within the sport with no expectations and no pressure. And now like, I feel like I'm ready with my ability behind the wheel, abilities with the media, abilities with the engaging with the fans on social media. Like I wasn't ready three years ago, but I've, gotten ready over the last couple of years. And it's, 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 uh, I've learned, cause we just got it. I'm, I'm a year, I'm about a year in now to NASCAR and learning. It's more than just driving skill. And then knowing your story, knowing your grandfather drove, yeah. knowing your dad drove, and that you, you could see and learn from them and figure it out. You call it messy B. Who's the best LaJoy? You know, you got to call messy. your granddad and daddy. Ooh, I wouldn't want to do it. My dad played in the NFL as well. Yeah. And I believe I'm better than my dad. I'm better and we argue dad. all the time. Yeah, I'm better than my dad, too. You better than your granddad? And he'll say that Don LaJoy is pretty good, man. <laughs> now, he, back in, so he raced late 60s to early 80s. You could be like a weekend guy, a hobby guy. You can go to your local track. He was from Connecticut. And he can go to Danbury Fairgrounds and make... 1500 bucks a weekend in 1968 if he won the race. So he didn't need to go pursue NASCAR because the money wasn't there, right? So he was working a job five days a week, go race on the weekends with his buddies, mm -hmm. make a couple couple grand. He won like seven or eight championships. Like Don LaJoy was, was where it was yeah, at, man. but never, there was really no reason to pursue a traveling circuit because mm -hmm. you're going away from your family, you're not making that much more money. So he never really pursued that. But um, from what I read and, and what I see, some old videos of Donald Joy, he was pretty good. But I'd like to think that, um, you know, I, man, I put a lot of work in to try to get just say good I, Just, just, just say we like to get messy on the show sometimes. Looking at camera and tell your dad, say, Dad, I'll kick your ass. Oh, uh, Dad already knows I'll kick his ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about Grandpa? What about Donald? I don't you, know. Hey, head to head Don? with Donald Joy in his prime, I don't know. It'd be, he'd probably wreck me. <laughs> He shows no mercy, man. He still works. <laughs> to you and your dad. Don, uh, what does dad look, Don look like? My dad's 6'1 as well. We're mm -hmm. all very similar build. I, I'm, you know, my grandfather's got some big old mitts on him. So, yeah, if I, if I wrecked him in that head-to-head -head race, I'm, like, looking for guys like right. Brandon, my size, right. like, yo, come on. Like, I need some backup. <laughs> my grandfather still, he's 83 years old uh, and says he works half days because he gets up at 6, works from 6 to 6. So he says he works half days. Right. So I can't keep up with that. So, but, yeah, when it comes behind the wheel, like, I, I, I'd, beat, I'd beat Don and Randy pretty sure. Right. I love, <laughs> I love it. it. I love it. What we miss, bro? Newman. Oh, when I smoked his ass. Oh, no, 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 no. The crash and mentally, y'all talking about mental health and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I wasn't. 
How did that, did that mess you up? No, not really. You know, like maybe not as much as somebody expected because you know the assumed risk mm-hmm. when you put the, pull the belts tight. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ryan, knew, Ryan knows the risks. He's been doing his whole career. I know the risks. My wife might not love the risks, I assume, but when I put the chin strap on, you know the deal. You know what could happen. Yeah. That's why you love to do it just as much. So, you know, when it, it happened like that. Does anybody have anything left for the race leader? Ryan Newman off turn four. Checkered flag is waving. Who will get here first? Newman down. Oh, he's going to get turned. Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin across the line. Newman slipping across the start finish A line. A violent crash right short of the start finish line. Ryan Newman's car got turned head on into the outside safer barrier. Car went straight up into the air, flipped wildly. When it was coming back down to earth, it was absolutely tattooed. Safety has come a long way in this sport, but sometimes we are reminded that it uh, is a very dangerous sport. And we just, uh, thoughts and prayers right now are with Ryan Newman and his family. When you're going 200 miles an hour, and it's also the assumed, as soon as you take the white flag at the Daytona 500, you don't lift until either that son of a bitch is flipped over in the catch fence or you cross the start finish line mm. because there's so much money on the line. Like you're not lifting to let somebody in. You're not lifting if somebody's wrecking because you are just going, try to get your car back to start finish line as fast as possible. Right. So when I saw Ryan Blaney hook, I was probably running sixth or seventh coming mm-hmm. to the start finish line. I seen him get hooked and he kind of went in front of me. He's probably mm-hmm. like 100 yards ahead of me. And, and there was a little bit of smoke. And next thing I know, it was upside down and the windshield crushed down to about here. And I get out of the car, like it knocks the car, the intake off and all that. So it's, it's caught on fire and I'm, funny story. I get out and there was a picture that kind of went viral of me like on my knees and the car's on fire in the background and it looks like I'm praying. I wasn't praying. I felt like I got kicked in the balls. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to catch. I was trying to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't praying. It felt like Dwayne Johnson, a full speed, running, kicking my balls. And that's what happened. That's why I was on my knees. And it hurt real bad. Have you talked to Newman since then? Yeah. Because you it, you weren't the fall. I, we watched the video. I watched the video. I saw that he was already Dude. flipping and oh, you hit him, but it was nothing you can do. You're no. going at you know I don't no one eighty two hundred whatever yeah, it is. You could you couldn't avoid him. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't see where he was going. But yeah, like when he, it was just a miracle in general that he walked out of the hospital three days later. Yeah. But uh, we were doing an event in Phoenix like three or four weeks later. He still wasn't cleared yet, but he showed up. And uh, I was sitting with my back towards the door with a couple of people. And next thing I know, it was a big old, you know, farmer's arm wrapped around my neck, like giving me a little bear, ho- bear hug. And it was Newman. So like it was a little bit of an emotional moment for sure. I put it on my Instagram uh, when it first happened. Mm-hmm. But like just to see, the whole scenario because you know as much as we are fierce competitors and mm-hmm. you want to take that guy's suit off his plate just as much as he wants to take it off yours like you generally care about everybody's well-being right mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of a lot of people whether that be pit crew guys whether that be drivers like you want everybody to be safe but you know that's that's part that's part of the deal man if that would have happened 10 years ago newman's done man like done yeah. Uh, so knock on wood, we haven't hurt anybody since Dale uh, in 2001. So yeah. I think that you know NASCAR certainly should be celebrated for what they've been making these race cars faster and la- allowing us faster, to faster, more keep fun, the protection. We've talked about that with the netting for yeah. the fans. I know you're a family man, married. You got a kid on the way. I got a kid on the way. Second. Got a two-year-old and a, yeah, another one coming. Two-year-old and one coming. Does that change your perspective? Does that change the way you race? Yeah. Knowing that you got two babies, you got a wife, you got I mean, all that. It's funny, like, I've always looked at other people that have babies, like, yeah, a baby slows you down a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, it does. you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about that kid, you're not gonna hang that thing out. I'm the opposite. Like, yeah. when I, <laughs> because I gotta feed that little sucker. Yeah. <laughs> that sucker goes to a lot of diapers. And the better so, dad you. finishes, thank the you. more food Levi or Ronnie can eat, you know? <laughs> like, and, Levi. And, I'll, you know, hey, if I run better, like, hey, He's gonna make more money if I die for my life insurance yep. policy than what I would for the rest <laughs> of my life. Thank you. Thank I don't want to say that. That's but why like, you but, but yeah. Thank you, Cole. Go hunt, man. Go I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm better off dead than alive. For them, <laughs> financially, <laughs> yeah. Financially, yeah. But oh, man, my wife's gonna hate me for saying that. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Hey, they make it look so easy. 
mm-hmm. but they risk their lives every time they get in that car. And but they make it look easy. Now, and I mean, you turn it on and you watch them drive around. Yeah, they could die well, at any moment. It's the you same know, like, as football, though. It's the same as football. I mean, like yeah. the percentage is low, right? But it's the same as football. Like that's mm-hmm. that. It's crazy. Well, the, percent, I mean, the percentage to get to get hurt probably in football are higher than what it is for a race car driver. But you know, Daytona, Talladega are your two that like you hug the wife for a couple extra seconds before, like you go. You know what I mean? Yep. Like. You know that if you're gonna get your, you get upside down, mm-hmm. you're gonna fly like a parachute. When I go to oh, Talladega, wow. like you'll like hug mm-hmm. her for a couple extra seconds, cause like you know if if you're gonna go, it's gonna be one of them too. That's yep. also why 200,000 people show up to watch yep. it because there's the daredevil aspect yep. of it. So it's a little bit of give, a little bit of take, but so so it, do, it does make you nervous. But that's why they make those those belts adjustable, cause you can cinch them down a little harder. Wow. Mm. So Talladega, NASCAR, some uh, Daytona, Talladega, Daytona. Super speedways, huge, two, what is it, like? Two and a half miles. Yeah. Oh, it's a takeoff. Yeah, well, NASCAR's done a good to. job. Yeah, that, now they keep them underground used quite to. a bit better. But, you know, when, when you watch commercials that come out to Daytona, it's usually somebody with the upside down is how they're marketing. But <laughs> that's also, why, you know, like people, like NASCAR equally for the crashes sometimes and the excitement as they do for side by side cool restarts or photo finishes, which right. I'm good with it. Just, I mean, I want the plate racing. You like super speedway racing? It's fun, man. It's like I like seeing y'all boys open it up. Different skill set. It yeah, it's, it's playing chess with 3,600 pound chunks of steel. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty fun. All right, so to land this show, I want to be your marketing agent. All right. Cool. Do you have someone? Yeah, I got a couple. I got a good team around me. I've got a lot of great partners as well. With Built Bar, is a protein bar company that. Uh, oh, protein bar. Out. Yeah. Protein bar. I tried to partner with them back in 2015. I wanted to invest. They didn't let me invest. But go ahead, whatever. Where Built Bar? Protein bar. Another said. bar. Yes, Built Bars. It's a brand of protein bars. Built Bar. B U I L T. Okay. Shameless plug. Go ahead. What else? <laughs> that's, right, who dude, else that's is on my your life, team? bro. Schluter system. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I plug, like it. Plug is your life. Nah, I, mean, I, can, yeah, I can plug everybody. You know, they want to get plugged too. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> that was a, sorry, go. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what you, you know? got going on though? To yeah. end it, really. What's no, because I, I got one thing. I, I yeah. want to be his marketing agent, Chan. So I'm trying to figure out who's on his team. I'm lucky to be surrounded by a killer group of people. All right, stop. How much <clears> it cost? Oh, he about to get serious. I don't want a retainer. Okay. I want I want a ref share. No, I don't even want ref share. Just give me a percent of what I bring in. What I kill, I eat. Fine, I'll eat it with you. You like it? You like that? <laughs> Athletes love that. Yeah. Athletes are like, like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you bring in deals, whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I we'll the thing. whole block out there. <laughs> so here, here's how I, I, I believe you should position yourself because, and and, and we could potentially land a, land a plane with this because it's like everyone in NASCAR feels like, it seems like this is the sentiment that when you win, everybody wins. Like people are waiting for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in a car that, really, yeah. it's a 15 place car. Yeah. Right? So, like, are we going to see you top five right now? Probably not. We need more. Yeah. Right? Next gen, hopefully we'll see this in yeah. 2022. Right? You got it. You're starting to figure it out. I, you know, like that. I'm with you. But to me, we talk about the sexiness. Well, we need a lip sponsorship. Sit down. No lips. I'm not going there. Oh, you were talking but, about but the man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 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 Hold on, hold He's beautiful. He is beautiful. But all right, Chad, listen. But listen, this is how we're going to position him. Okay, I'm going to sit listen, down for a second. Listen, this is a good one. I'm done with the lips. Your lips is beautiful. If you say the lips. The shade of pink is great. If you say lips, let's get past it. Hold on, you didn't say it. If you say lips, I'm gone. All right, if I say lips again. But the shade of them, they're beautiful. Very right, cool. All right, hold on. Time out. Time out. You want to raise kids? Bro, together? bro, but listen, we need sure. to be going after Gucci. Hold on. Time out. We need to be going after Gucci, Prada, Lanvin, Balenciaga, right? Like, think the about sh- that. Like, the shoes look like socks. You're, you're sexy. Yeah. You're beautiful, right? You're the hottest guy in NASCAR. I'm sorry, Daniel. Well, Daniel's in Xfinity. He could be the sexiest guy in Xfinity. I can be the sexiest guy, guy in Cup. That's yeah. true. There you go. So now, what I'm saying is, when we go to the racetrack, let's put a suit on. Yeah. You be the. <laughs> When's the last time we seen a driver wear a suit? You know what? Um, the baby. You're looking at him. The, the ba- no. You're looking at oh, the you baby. Did this? He you're did it already. Me, you behind. Oh, oh, baby. The boss baby. The boss baby. He had a tux. He had a tux fire suit. Conor McGregor in, in the UFC. What'd he do? Boom. 
here I am. You do feel you do feel strong when you're in a suit, though. Bro, I'm telling you, that's what we do in the NFL. Mm. As we yeah. travel, we wear suits. Now take it to what's the next Deon, level. What's Deion say? You look good, good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You play good. They pay good. <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> hey. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.